This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. One of my favorite authors, a friend, and really a, a an intellectual giant, I think, Michelle Malkin is uh, with us. Michelle Malkin uh, is, has got a new job, and we want to tell you about that, but I also want to get her uh, take on the new education secretary, because believe me, Michelle Malkin will have an opinion on that. We go there right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program, Michelle Malkin. New York Times bestselling author uh, and a good friend of the program. Michelle, how are you? Good. How are you doing, uh, Glenn? It's been quite a year. <laughs> that is um, an understatement. <laughs> we were... Which I'm not usually prone to. <laughs> right. We were, uh, we were just talking about Time Magazine is trying to decide who the man of the year could possibly be. Uh, I don't think there's really a choice here. No. I, I think one man has changed... Uh, the world, or at least has uh, found a way to capitalize on uh, where the world was and is, is being viewed all over the world as the catalyst of change. Which yes. is it? Well, things have changed. And uh, uh, there are, are many sub-swamps in Washington, D.C., uh, but the biggest one that has been irreversibly drained has been the swamp that's been dominated by progressives who've been running the levers of power um, since at least the Clinton administration. And uh, for those who had had uh, reservations about Trump on uh, whether it was character or certain policy positions or whatever he's tweeting whenever in the middle of the night, uh, there is one reality that cannot be denied. John Podesta, Anira Tandon, and Hillary Clinton, and all of her minions are out of a job. And it was enough for me when I decided um, after the primary and even before the primary, because I remember the last time I talked to you and the blaze um, last year, I had said that I had no qualms uh, if the choice had to be between Donald Trump or Marco Rubio or Hillary Clinton. And that is given, you know, the, both the, the personal and political history that I had had with, with Donald Trump. Was it hard in some ways? Yes. But in many ways, it was probably one of the easiest political decisions I've ever made. 
Unbelievable. I, uh, as you know, uh, Michelle, and I respect you and respect your opinion and everybody's right to disagree on things. But this was a hard year for for me because, yes, you know, I, I, I can't jump on the bandwagon of a, you know, one point two trillion dollar stimulus package and say, oh, well, you know, that's okay. I mean, because it's not. Yeah. That's crazy. That's well, crazy. you know, I, I'm not a bandwagon jumper either, either and I haven't been in the, the quarter century that I've been doing this. Um, and and so, you know, political reality is unfortunately about having to make cost-benefit calculations. And when you look even now at some of the transition choices, it blows my mind, particularly because you know, Glenn, that immigration and sovereignty issues have been something that have been near and dear to my heart for my entire career, that we have a stalwart hero like Jeff Sessions, um, who is now the Attorney General nominee. I never in my lifetime, thought that ever would be a possibility, let so alone a near why reality. Is, why are you so pro on this? And yet Ann Coulter, who was, uh, in my opinion, damn near unhinged um, on Donald Trump, is now saying we may have a traitor within our midst. You'd have to ask her. Um, all I can do is tell you this. I was covering immigration issues in back as far back as 1992 in Los Angeles. My first book was Invasion, which came out in 2002. And there have been a lot of Johnny-come-latelys to the cause of immigration enforcement and the need to have systemic reform that not only puts the, the rule of law and the immigration laws that are on the books first, uh, but the interests of America, American workers, American citizens, and law-abiding people who lined up and did it the right way. Um, and so I, I think it, it's up to each and every one of your listeners and, and your readers uh, to make up their mind about yeah. how authentic people really are when it comes to uh, practicing what they preach, preach and yeah. <laughs> preaching what they <clears throat> practice. Um, can, can I ask you a, a question? I've never talked to you about this before, but yeah. um, the one thing, the one book that you have uh, written, and I haven't read it in years, mm-hmm. um, that I I was perplexed by and uh, thought it was very brave, but I disagree with, is The Case for Internment. Um, because yeah. we have had that conversation, and I don't know how anyone can think internment especially Asian descent, could possibly think internment was a good idea. Well, um, maybe you should reread the book. Um, In Defense of Internment, the Case for Racial Profiling in World War II and the War on Terror makes a very sophisticated and history-based argument that in a post-9-11 era, the kind of uh, national security scrutiny measures that, for example, Chris Kobach, who is uh, the Secretary of State of Kansas, a uh, hero when it comes to fighting corruption, uh, left-wing uh, activism that has seeped into the federal government and, of course, immigration enforcement, um, helped design in the, the Bush administration. Of course, it is now a, a very relevant issue uh, with the national security entry-exit registration system, which has been falsely characterized as, quote-unquote, a Muslim registry and has been likened to, yes, the Japanese internment. Uh, the, the 
the, the entire thesis of the book took a look at what happened in, yeah, a very far-left uh, liberal FDR administration and asked a question that, that, that very few people asked, but people who actually had knowledge of national security issues at the time, what was the evidence for taking these extreme measures? And what actually occurred uh, is far different than what is taught in history books. Uh, the magic messages from the State Department at the time, which were later decrypted, uh, indicated that there were real serious security threats, particularly on the West Coast. I also delve into uh, the actual history of um, the relocations that took place uh, and the measures that were taken not just against um, people of Japanese descent, but also Italians and Germans who were interned by the thousands. The point of the book, Glenn, um, for those who read it, and I'm very, very grateful over the years that I heard from so many high school history teachers who now teach the book in their classrooms uh, to give a full picture to those students so they're not just getting um, what left-wing um, Alinsky and Howard Zinn historians tell them. They actually look at the original source documents that I include in the book. The point of it is that we want to avoid the the absolute extremes of that kind of policy by taking sensible national security profiling uh, measures. And that is why I'm, I'm so vocal about the need for someone like Chris Kobach to head the Department of Homeland Security because he's done the hard work. He's faced the slings and arrows of being called a racist and a xenophobe and a fascist because these people are actually very serious about protecting national security in an unapologetic way. As so, I was when I wrote this book. So let's go to uh, education because you just talked about how education, uh, you know, you're, you're getting Howard's in. Tell me about Betsy DeVos. Yes. So my grassroots friends and fellow uh, warriors against Common Core and Fed Ed know full well that Betsy DeVos has not been a friend to those who want to limit and eliminate the overreach of the federal government in our children's lives and their classrooms. In, mm. in Michigan, Betsy DeVos was, uh, was uh, <clears throat> involved in a consortium uh, called GLEP. I, I believe it's the, the Great Lakes uh, Educational Project, Great Lakes Education Project, which was pushing uh, the Common Core Standards Adoption in Michigan. She now says that she's against Common Core. She now says that uh, she has adopted Donald Trump's stance, which was very clear, um, and not just clear, uh, but also much more sophisticated than simply saying, as everyone else has now, uh, that they oppose Common Core. And, and of course, um, you and I were... were uh, teamed up to illuminate the dangers um, in the classroom with regard to student data mining, the uh, over-encroachment of, of the testing regime, and, of course, the ways in which these so-called federal high standards were undermining local control in local contra uh, classrooms in states where the standards were already much higher than what the federal government had set. And, of course, it's the Gates Foundation and Jeb Bush, which are largely behind it. Um, so grassroots Michigan activists and parents 
um, are are very worried and rightly so about how committed Betsy DeVos will be. There, there's there there's I I have mixed feelings about it, and I think that uh, leading up to the confirmation, there are many questions that she needs to answer, and that informed senators in both parties need to ask. Uh, you cannot just preach about school choice and, and charter schools and expect uh, to, to uh, have people bow down to you um, on the right just because school choice has, has long been one of those uh, sacred cows for us. The, the, the more sophisticated and informed parents, many of them in your audience, Glenn, understand that choice and Fed Ed and Common Core are completely incompatible, and there is an explicit cognitive dissonance involved there because espousing choice doesn't mean anything if Common Core aligned textbooks and tech and testing are being forced down the throats of independent charter schools and, yeah, school choice uh, beneficiaries. If you still have to submit to the Common Core regime that has not been dismantled yet, choice is illusory. So, because um, this is kind of what, you know, in a nutshell, this is kind of where we have been, that uh, I think some of Trump's picks have been confusing at best, because his policy will say one thing, and then he'll pick somebody like this, and you're like, well, wait, no, wait, Jeb Bush celebrated her appointment. Uh, that yep. can't be a and good I, I thing. Did, yes, and I did point that out. Now, having supported Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton does not obligate me uh, to jump up and down like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader at everything he does and every choice he makes. And just as I did with every other um, president, whether they, were, whether they were Republican or Democrat, when they deserve to be praised, I will be out there praising very loudly with my big brown mouth. And when they <laughs> Wow, what a racist. I will do the same. <laughs> but the problem has been, hasn't it, Michelle? Have you noticed that, that so many on the right are doing just that? I mean, sure. it's, well, we're, I it's mean, been amazing of- to me that nobody has said anything about Ivanka and Donald both meeting with Al Gore yesterday. Nobody is saying anything about a trillion-dollar stimulus package. Unless it's good. Unless it's good. Oh, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and I understand why you feel that way. But uh, uh, there, there's, there's plenty of unhappiness about a number of things. But I, I, I think I'd love to hear. You, know, it. you have to step for me. Okay, I, I will tell you how I came about these decisions because I, I, I mean, we've we've been in. I I, I appreciate I, that that I have friends in the never Trump camp. I have friends who yeah. are on the Trump train since mm-hmm. day one, and there are a lot of people who are more like me, who initially struggled with th- this decision, but sort of stepped back and saw the bigger picture. I was definitely, um, you know, at, at a certain point in this election, I'm j- I was just never Hillary. That doesn't mean that uh, right. I'm going to be I, I think you're the Ivanka, majority. Ivanka and Donald are meeting with Al Gore. But somehow you this think man that's... was able to defeat that machine, and that means mm-hmm. a lot to me. It right. Does. Does, that, does that mean, do you think there's a chance, because I said this yesterday, and this is a little bit of the, hey, John Roberts must have a plan to really defeat Obamacare. Um, so it's a little wishful thinking, but... I mean, do you think that he actually is buying into the global warming thing here and Ivanka is going to run with this? Or is this a way to kind of bring it into the fold and defeat it? 
idea what they talked about. Um, and so it might be worth asking about that. And, you know, uh, there were a lot of, of past Republican presidents who met with really shady people. You can go back and look at all the uh, pictures of George W. Bush palling around with Al Sharpton and Newt Gingrich palling around with Al Sharpton uh, and, and many other uh, execrable left-wing figures. Does it mean that he's going to throw in with the climate change crowd? Well, the fact that he picked Myron Ebel from the Free Market Environmental Hardcore Competitive mm. Enterprise Institute to be yes. the EPA nominee, who is a ad- right. adamant, has been an adamant opponent I, of I, the left-wing yeah, global warming crowd, we, tells right. me that he means business. Yeah, we, yes, we no, he met with Al Gore. So it gives people a lot to fret about. Well, I will say, if it was Ted Cruz meeting with Al Gore, it would have been a nightmare. Um, uh, Well, but I think that's a mistake. I I stand by what I said yesterday. Uh, This president, the current president, never reached out to anybody on our side. And when you shut yourself off, then you got nothing. I mean, at least he is reaching out. The proof will be in the pudding on what he actually does. I got to go. We're up against a break. Uh, Her new gig is on Mark Levin's CRTV. Um, Does it begin tonight, Michelle? Yes, my episodes are now all available. I have four episodes that go in-depth on topics that I've covered for my entire career. Um, And I do want to say that one of the most important stories I've ever, ever, ever covered uh, is the subject of a first two-part series of CRTV's Michelle Malkin Investigates on a former Oklahoma City police officer who was convicted a year ago this weekend of a series of alleged sexual assaults. I dig deep into this case, and Mm. this is the most massive miscarriage of justice I have ever experienced. That is saying something. Um, and it's available now. Michelle Malkin investigates on CRTV. Michelle, thank you so much. Uh, and we'll talk again. Our sponsor this half hour is ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner, you know how important it is to find the right person to hire. But that can take a lot of time and you have a business to run. Save time and find the best candidates at ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter makes hiring fast and easy. One click. Post your job on more than 200 top job sites. ZipRecruiter identifies top candidates and notifies them to apply for your job all within minutes. And then they have a dashboard screen that sorts everybody out and you can evaluate the candidates all in one place. I don't want these people. I want to call these people, et cetera, et cetera. Makes it easy to hire and fast. Qualified candidates within minutes. See why a million employers just like me have joined ZipRecruiter's award-winning service for help with their hiring. Right now, post for free with a special offer, ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. 
Consulting. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. I'm sort of mixed on it. It's, Thank you. I mean, you know, it's it's okay that you're here, but we were just, you know. Well, I'm, I was Glenn's talking excited. to the listener. I wasn't talking to you. I'm not glad you're here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, well, you're not talking about all of us here. Are we? No, well, I'm not happy you're here. I mean, I, it's the holidays, but that doesn't turn me on on that point. I'll never change that principle, Jeffy. <laughs> How do you guys feel about Al Gore and Donald Trump? Meeting. This is a gr- Michelle Bryce brings up a great example of what of what the questions are for this presidency, yeah. which is Myron Bell is a guy we praised yes few, absolutely over yes. the top praise for that pick, saying that not only is it a good pick by Trump, but it's a pick that a normal Republican wouldn't make. But now it looks now, like he's capitulating by meeting with Al Gore. So and which side? That frankly, that's what it, we don't know it, no, but yes. that's what it looks like. That's and that's what, what looks like. everybody would admit no, but, if it was somebody other than Donald Trump yes. for some reason. And but, Bell was, by the way, is not na- he was only the transition at the EPA. He's not been named named the EPA, the head of the EPA. Um, so oh, he's, he's the transition, transition guy. So where right. does he go? How does he land on these things? It's important oh, to watch. And wait a minute. That's a different well, we'll story. It's, but it's a, it was a good sign. And that's the issue here. The people who wound up voting for Trump are the most important. Because they all told us during the primary that, hey, if he wins, we need to hold him accountable, and we will. But not until he wins. Obviously, we can't hold him accountable until he's president. Well, now he's going to be there, and those people are going to be the most important voices criticizing him when he does wrong. And we'll, I think, be helpful praising him when he does right. Those are important things to do, and you have to hold to that principle, or what do you have? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I've got two stories, three stories that I want to share with you here that may open your eyes to where we're headed as a, as a world. First of all, let's talk about the carrier story. Um, the carrier story is being heralded by many um, and being demonized by some. What was the, what's the carrier story really all about? What is it really all about? <laughs> Saving... Jobs. Saving American America. jobs. Saving American jobs. Mm-hmm. That's what that story is. A thousand really. jobs. Supposed to save a thousand jobs. That's our goal. Save a thousand jobs. What is the story, the underlying story about on the negative? 
it's crony crap capitalism, right? Right. Mm-hmm. As according to Sarah Palin. Yeah. And it is it is uh, the government getting involved in um, in not an over the board or uh, you know across the board tax cut, but special picking, in picking winners and losers. picking winners and losers in a specialty. It's socialism or crony capitalism, mm-hmm. one of the two. All right. But remember, our goal is to save jobs. So there was an interview with the CEO of Carrier. And when you're actually listening to the CEO of Carrier, you start to learn a few things. One, why are you moving to Mexico? Why did you even consider that? Mm-hmm. Was it because of the, the um, uh, cost Food. of employment? Food's really good. No. When you, is, it, is it the cost of labor? Well, yes, um, that's part of it. Um, the average salary is 80% less in Mexico than it is in America. So, yes, we will save a lot of money on our workers. But that wasn't the only major consideration. Oh, what was that? Well, in America, nobody wants an assembly line job. These are not highly skilled jobs. It's, we're not, quote, not assembling jet engines. We are assembling air conditioners. And so our rate of turnover is extraordinarily high in Indiana mm-hmm. because people view that as an entry-level job. They'll go work at the carrier air conditioning plant. Where in Mexico, they look at that as a really good, stable job, and people will work there forever. So they don't they're not constantly leaving, and their um, uh, absences in Mexico only uh, rank at 1%. So people calling in sick is 1%. I don't know. He didn't say what it was here in America, but he said it's much, much, much higher in uh, their plant in Indiana because there's, nobody's really happy with that job. Damn those people for not wanting to assemble air conditioners Exactly forever. right. Okay. So... Remember, what was the goal again? The goal was to save jobs, save in, America. Jobs jobs. in America. Okay, good. So he's saying, well, that's not the reason. We didn't take it because it costs us less. We took it because we know we can hold on to the workers in Mexico. So they're better employees in Mexico because they want the job. This is a job that Americans mm. don't necessarily want to do for an extended period of time. And it's cheaper wages, right? Uh, yes, right, eighty percent. Eighty percent. So, what are they going to do with the savings? Do you suppose? So, Carrier says, or the reporter says, so you're going to be saving a lot of money, and you're going to be in re- reinvesting that in the company, in the plant, right? What do you suppose the Carrier guy says? <laughs> He's going to. <laughs> oh, that's going right into my pocket. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of vacations to take. <laughs> he is going to invest it in the plant. He is? Uh-huh. A sanctuary for bald eagles. Uh, oh, no, they're probably going to use uh, robots to, re- to assemble the update air Yes. in automation yeah. at the plant. Yeah. <laughs> because they can't get the people to do it, so they'll use our tax dollars... Not their tax dollars that they saved, but our tax dollars that we those gave jobs. as a subsidy to update the plant mm. to insert automation. I'm surprised they hadn't done that already. Wow. By the way, um, it's cheaper. 
if you're not using somebody else's money, it's cheaper just to move the plant. But if somebody's going to give you free money, okay, we'll stay. <laughs> but the unemployment rate in this country currently today is 4.6%. Yeah. The unemployment rate in the manufacturing se- uh, sector is 3.9%. Okay, but here's the- it is lower, right. lower. And this goes to the point the carrier guy is making is they that don't people don't want, want these those jobs. jobs. We keep praising manufacturing jobs. I've had manufacturing jobs. They're, they're not fun. I, 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 everything, uh, like, look, some of them are really good jobs, and people are good on it, or hard, honestly. Yeah, but you're not doing it anymore. But I, do, I did everything I could to stop doing it. I hated Nobody it. Nobody wants to do that. Because I'm, I'm a wuss. Uh, you know, people, if you can choose, a lot of people will choose uh, to do different jobs. And, uh, you know, this is an issue. They're talking about millions and millions of jobs that are posted in the manufacturing uh, industry in America that they can't fill. Now, that doesn't mean your local plant didn't close down and you lose that job. And, it, and it's a terrible story and it hurts your family and it hurts the town. And these things happen. Okay. Um, but the, and this is why the news media loves these stories, mm-hmm. because they can take they know exactly where the people are. They know exactly how they're going to feel. They're going to walk up to a factory and people are going to be streaming out with boxes of their belongings crying. Yes. And that is an incredible story for the media to cover. It's much more difficult to go find thousands of people two years later to find out that they got a job they like more. That's a much more difficult story to tell. So let me switch gears. Let me go to Seattle, Washington. There's an amazing thing happening in Seattle, Washington. You hear about Amazon, what they're doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You walk into a grocery store. You put your phone. You just scan your phone. It takes all your data. You walk in, and you just take whatever you want from the store. And you don't have to stand in line. You don't have to go to a counter. You have nothing. Everything is RFID chipped. And so you just walk out, and it totals everything and just bills it to your phone. Oh, man. Isn't that great? We talked about that. Now, it's in Seattle. That's awesome. Interesting it's location. great. It's an interesting location. Well, it's the home of Amazon. That must be. Or it's also the place where it's $15 an hour mm. for the average person that stocks the shelves of the grocery store huh. and works the counter. So this is a great innovation that everyone really loves, except it's eliminating Chops. Well, let me go, go to an, a third story. Uh, the forecast and the trends and the analysis on disruption of the automotive industry. Another story. I found all three of these stories yesterday. I think there's a theme here. This one is just talking about how cars are going to start being used while you are at work. So in other words, you put your car, you just put push make money or whatever, make money for me. Your Uber button on your uh, Your Uber button on your car. And now your car is for hire. So now your car just is used when somebody says, I need an Uber. Boop, boop. Your car wakes up, drives to them, says, where do you want to go? They just text it and put it right into the car. The car drives them to the airport. Zoom, comes back, picks you up for work. Your car has made money while you're at work. How Freaking fantastic is that? Unless you You're are a taxi a driver. driver or an Uber driver, or an Uber driver. Uh, we need we're, huge mm. subsidies for cab drivers. That's the only answer. The only thing we can do is come up with special we're deals for individual cab companies. Going so to lose all these cab driving jobs. Mm. 
what is going to happen to all these cab drivers? Never. We end. are in another transition, aren't we? This is wow. this is the moment I've told you is coming. Yeah. And you can either wake up and the president can wake up and say to the American people, guys, 50% of all jobs will turn over. By 2025, wasn't it? Five zero will turn over. No, by 2040. I thought it was 50% will turn over by 2040. Meaning your job that you're currently doing ain't going to be done anymore by 2040, 2050. So what is it you're training your kids for? What does the world look like? And if our idea is to save jobs, then we should allow companies that are doing jobs that we don't want to own as a country, let them go and find something else. Well, wait a minute. What else can we find? I don't know. That's where you free up the innovator and the entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and you embrace new technology, not old style jobs. Right. I mean, Ben Sass posted this a week or two ago, which I thought was amazing. In 1790, 1790, 90% of workers were farmers. 90%. In 1840, it was down to 69%. By 1900, it was only 38%. By 1960, it was 8%. Look at all the farming jobs we lost. By 1980, 3%. And it's obviously even lower now. That's why nobody eats. People still eat. People still work. People still enjoy themselves. They still buy things. Have you been to a farm lately? I went to, I cut cut the alfalfa at my farm. Mm -hmm. So I go cut cut the alfalfa. And I cut it it away from the road because I don't want anybody to see how sloppy my lines are. Okay, (laughs) I have a guy who lives down the street, has a farm down the street from my... And his lines are a piece of work. I mean, it's artwork. I look at it, and they're in circles and up and down hills, and I'm like, look at that. It's Let's perfect. Just let him do yours. Yeah, well, I thought about that. And then I talked to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got a GPS system on the tractor. You just push a button, it cuts itself. <laughs> <laughs> really? You push a button, wow. and it That's drives, it, it maps the entire great. farm out. It's fantastic. You know why? Wow. There's no wasted space on his farm. Right. Zero. Zero. Now, I can say, well, what about all those people that have spent their whole life? Those people are all saying, give me the damn button, man. <laughs> give me the damn button. Now this. Globalists are not going away anytime soon. India, we talked about this. This was off the air, didn't we? Talk about this earlier, about mm-hmm. India. India is, there's a story that I found last night about how India is moving towards a destabilized country. That's the largest democracy on the planet. That is a free nation that could go into chaos. One of the reasons is because they are eliminating cash. And they are telling one of the largest buyers of gold per capita, Indians, I don't know why it's some Indian or Hindu ritual, Indians buy gold, a lot of it. Guess what the government is saying that you can't buy anymore? The government in India is starting to say, no, no more buying of gold. Well, that's deep cultural stuff. That's not like you buying gold. That's cultural. That's religious to them. Mm. It, you're going to destabilization because of globalization. Donald Trump is going to have his hands full, and we need to pray for him and pray for us. But we also, um, we can either tuck our head between our legs 
and not pay any attention and hope for the best, or we can prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I suggest you call Goldline now because a cashless society is coming. Massive disruption is coming. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Take the fear out of your life and be prepared and then just enjoy yourself as best you can. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I will tell you that I do have tractor envy. Uh, we were talking about the, it's called uh, precision, precision uh, farming. And it's this GPS system that um, helps you cut your fields. And we were, the guys were just like, why don't you get one of those? I don't even know how much they are. I just know how much tractors are. Mm. I don't know how farmers do it. I really don't. I mean, when farmers are like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you ain't kidding, Jack. I don't. I think farmers have the most underrated jobs, and it's the it's the one. The reason why we have like three farmers left in America yeah, is big. because all of their kids grow up in it, and they're like, "I ain't doing this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then big true. farm like, takes. I can't over. get away from. Thank we're God. all we're and all that is true. Big farm, and that is true. Thank God for it. Thank God for Big Farm. Thank God they can stuff my belly with cheap food. Thank God that you can do it. And by the way, it happens from all over the world. Um, You know, it's great to have, you know, there's a lot of local farmers, and it's become more of, honestly, a niche product. It has. Um, And that's not bad. It's great that you have something that can feed the masses cheaply, and then if you want to make choices like uh, local and organic and all that other stuff, you can do it. And people are doing it. I will only eat locally sourced food now. <laughs> I will only eat something within a 12-mile radius of my home. It's funny. They've done studies on this and found that the local food is actually worse for the environment in many cases. <laughs> oh, yeah, and is. the reason for it is it, because, like, huge True. farms that are off, uh, operating in, Everything in is. Costa Rica, right? <laughs> but it's so efficient. Yeah. The travel is just a tiny part of the process. For instance, for instance this this navigation system that cuts you know cuts your crop, um, it'll save anywhere between I think six and ten percent of your farmland. I mean, think of that. Think of the waste. Think of uh, you know you put those together, ten six percent. A machine has of to be all farmland. Absolute fortune. Oh my gosh, some of these quarter tractors, of a million. How much is that? Oh, thing? I have no idea. Some of these yes. tractors are, you know. A quarter of a million, four hundred thousand dollars for the whole thing. Wow, it's crazy. That's why it's like buying a nice house. It is. Wow. I, I see guys. I see guys with tractors next to their house, and I'm like, I'll bet you the house was a quarter of what that tractor cost. But I mean, that's what you do. Yeah, right. It's your job. You need it. Job. That's why I'm eternally it. optimistic on these things. I mean, you go back and you look at the '60s and '70s when they were making the predictions of doom. Uh, about population control and how all the mm-hmm. species would be wiped out and nothing would exist. And what oh, they food. never seem to factor in, all of these quote-unquote scientists, and many of them are not scientists that wrote those books, 
but uh, but many of the all the scientists they don't they don't take into account the scientific advancement that and, happens and, and helps and, these. And things. what's amazing is many of these farms because this is an old farming community I live in. Many of these farms were run by families when there were ten kids. Mm. Now you'll see one old guy on a tractor and he's still running <laughs> more space than they did with the ten kids forty years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite remarkable what technology has done, but it changes the job scenario. Glenn.